Every day we hustle in at Pilots and Pictards Podcast. Welcome to the Pilots and Petards Podcast, the podcast with nothing much to do about aircrafts, but potentially everything to do with the first episodes of a filmic series. Disclaimer, listeners, petard is a real word, and it's a bomb, and it should remain non-discriminatory. Go read your Shakespeare. And visit our website to learn more about our podcast and follow our blog to participate in our pre-recording discussions. Yes, listeners, be the podcast you want to hear in the world with Pilots and Petards Podcast. All right, this is your co-hoister, Drew. I am the pragmatic cyclops of this podcast. And I'm Jimbo, the anti-millennial, non-conforming existentialist, Kenny, of the podcast. And last, but certainly not least, some motherfucking magical Miss Mo, master of pilots and white fragility zines. And joining us today, I'd like to welcome our very special guest, the famous, I'll let her introduce herself and and give her her official title, her petard's title. All right. My name is AC, also known in some circles as Apple Cat. Um, I'm an astro artist and a self-taught calligraphy expert, so find me in the studio. Mm. Love. Yes, and I would I would like to thank AC for uh, stepping in and contributing on this episode. I think her voice is going to be very well represented. You got thank it. you, AC. Yeah, I needed help, AC. Thank I'm, you. I'm gonna tag me in, so I'm here for the <laughs> for the showdown. <laughs> and listeners, we would like to thank Fitzgerald Engineering for this ad-free episode of Pilots and Petards. If you would like to sponsor an episode so that our listeners can listen ad-free, you can contact us at our website, pilotsandpetards.com. Yes, and for the first time, Pilots and Petards is representing the, you know, the um, dynamics of the earth with, you know, two women and two <laughs> males. Dynamics of the earth. That's how the earth works? <laughs> is, is that, is that? <laughs> no, I, don't, I have no idea. The, that was a freestyle. I was like, it's just like equal parts woman, equal parts man. Sure. That's not the dynamics of the earth reductive. But... <laughs> well, it's also like that's not how the population goes either. But um, I was like, yeah, Jimbo, I didn't know where that sentence was going to begin yeah, or end, yeah. but it's a good way to you start know, the it, podcast. It ended a lot right, better than it could have. Right. Okay, it could have went a lot worse. Yeah, yeah Jimbo, <laughs> it could have. That was a great attempt. That's a solid B minus. <laughs> we sure. out you. We out you. We out you. Nice. I, I'll definitely take a B minus. Yeah, that can be the theme for the night. <laughs> Join us today as we cast judgment on the ABC hit comedy. Blackish, and to see whether this will be hoisted or not hoisted. That is the question. This pilot was chosen by my student, an eighth grader at my middle school, Dean M. And Shout this was Dean. Dean's background. Yeah, this is Dean. background. This is Dean's background. <laughs> Ooh, um, that's lib, though. I know. I know. I'm looking at the word. I chose Blackish as my show to feature on here because originally I watched Modern Family, which is also very funny. But the humor featured in the show is kind of similar. I like the cast of people that are in the show. Mm. I feel that the show is very easy to follow and is entertaining at the same time. Thank you, Dean. That's really um, great. Thank you for being a loyal listener. Wow. And I saw Dean in the hallway today. I made him write that. And I was like, Dean, do you still listen? And he was like, yeah, of course. Liar. Well, Dean, this one's for you. (laughs) Shout out. Long time listener. First time caller. Well, I think think we can – let's just whiz – so Mo has a background. Drew and I have heard good things. So I – I'm caught up on the show. I started watching it probably midway or at the beginning of the third season, maybe end of the second. So I blew through those first couple seasons, and now I'm totally on track and 
Love the show. It's great. I love all the characters. Shout out to Tracy Ellis Ross. Mm-hmm. Forever Yo, beautiful. for sure. Year. Forever. Just forever young. Love her. She's gorgeous. I know. AC, do you have a background? Oops, sorry, Mo. No, I was just going to say that me and AC yeah. were um, talking about how this show made us appreciate her physical features. Yeah, she's <laughs> she's gorgeous, but you know, we paid more attention to the the peach her, her black <laughs> the peach, <laughs> the peach <laughs> after that but yeah she um coincidentally went to my alma mater oh, yeah. and oh, right. um she was on campus for some reason when the show was about to pilot and so they screened the pilot like in like this student center so i watched the first episode and it was really exciting oh, and cool. i fell in love with the show i've been watching like weekly sometimes i rush home to like watch it like on air what an incredible! See, like, so much good background. I know. Thanks. I know. I didn't tell you. I was I gonna. I was gonna that. surprise with oh a fun fact. <laughs> fun fact. <laughs> oh, that's great. Oh my god. Did you get to meet her? I did. I have a picture with her. Huh. That's really cool. So let's jump into the summary. Hoisters, and now for a two-sentence summary, maybe one sentence this week. Andre Johnson is having a mini midlife crisis. When he gets promoted but labeled the urban VP for his company. On top of that, he finds out that his son wants to have a bar mitzvah and play field hockey, which is not lacrosse, apparently. No, different sports. Yeah, lacrosse has like a stick and a net. As does field hockey, but yeah, there's some other... I have engaged in neither, so... Wait, lacrosse is running... Field hockey's on skates? Nope. No, field hockey's on a field, so and it has a I very weird little stick. I field and skates would work. Can you... Like, would you like to address that or... No, okay, we'll pass that. <laughs> uh, street hockey? I was thinking street hockey for sure. Yes, it's field... It's street hockey, but on a field with no skates. Yeah, it's kind of self-explanatory. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you have a background with fields or high or hockey, you know you can kind of figure it out. Yeah, Huck. or words. <laughs> so, what is the difference between the two sports? No, my sister played field hockey in high school. It is quite complicated, and there's things you can and cannot do, and it is not fun to watch, especially if your sibling is playing and you want to go home and watch TV. Well, let's let's jump into some high points. Go ahead, ladies. What are what are your high points for this episode? There's just so much to love about this first episode. I, you know how I'm a sucker for, you know, flash flash backwards to mm. flash forwards, and I love all the scenes of Dre uh, growing up in in the hoods of yeah. of L.A. Um, <laughs> that was funny. And his like the hairstyles and everything, and there, it carries on throughout the seasons. But I'm going to focus on the pilot. I know I like to get carried away, especially <laughs> when I love the shows. But, um, so I love, and I just love the realness. I love all the characters and they represent such different perspectives within Mm -hmm. what I imagine are the black experience. And so I just think they do it in such a funny and graceful way with still being kind of silly and borderline, like cliche, but I think too, but they think they don't get fully cliche. I don't know. What about you, Essie? I feel the same way. Um, I think my highlight was towards the end of the episode, though, um, when he presented his new idea to his job, and he automatically he like immediately had gone off the like 
Was it when he did the good one or the bad? He pitch? did the good one, and it was true to himself. Is what I'm trying like to the, the real point LA. I'm trying to conclude at the real LA, and mm-hmm. he stayed true to himself and wasn't just trying to impress his bosses that did not look like him. And it was such like a poignant moment for me, especially because I'm like, you know, sometimes you just have to be you, and that's the keep lesson there. Yeah, yeah. But then he looks at it from another angle in the last pitch that he mm-hmm, does, mm-hmm. right? And it's more positive instead of yeah the first one, which is a little bit. Like Kept it not story. quite as real in the second one. <laughs> the first one was too real. Yeah, way too real. But those white people <laughs> needed to see that. <laughs> they were like, what? They're That's like, real? This is uncomfortable. And then like the Triggered. awkward white guy was like laughing. He's like, ha ha ha. And then he's like, we're not doing this, are we? <laughs> the one that he doesn't let, let him call uh, uh, Dre. He's like, it's Andre. Because he calls him like, hey. <laughs> Uh, how about you guys? What were your high points? Well, I can jump in. I I saw a lot of high points. I mean, this we. I mean, Mo, you kind of touched on it. This this does fit the cliche sitcom structure as far as the conflict and kind of resolving the conflict and kind of even like the family dynamics. But it but it was a hit. And to compare it with Alex Inc., I think you know we watched Alex Inc. about five weeks ago or so. Garbage. Everywhere where Alex Inc. failed. Bad blackish hit i mean like they like succeeded in all those things like actually andre's character and alex's character are quite similar they're both kind of dissatisfied with their job and and they want to do something different except you know that you have a different wife in each of those series you kind of have uh and i feel like that's like where blackish stands out like they're to kind of spoil my uh in my mvp but the wife just totally yep, jumps agree. in and does not act like the her. lame wife Rainbow. from alex inc she, the way she pulls him out of his head, his own, he like gets stuck in his own head validly, but she just does it so well. And they're just so, such a great yeah. couple. Yeah. She's a voice of reason, but they yeah. make she's her grounded. Do it in such a good way that's not so common and boring. She's funny. Yeah. <laughs> I love her. Jimbo, I like your point. You know, like it's, it's the same basic ingredients, but it's all about execution. I had not necessarily compared Alex to Andre, and I think you're right. They are, like, pretty similar in terms of, like, their motivations, but you're right. It's all about how the rest of the show revolves around them, and Blackish did a much, much better job with everything. So those are good points. And maybe, and maybe this will be my last Al- Alex Inc. comparison, but I did not care about Alex Inc. Like, I had no sympathy for him as a character. I can get behind Andre's struggles a lot better than Alex's. Like, he's... He's still like struggling with like how he wants to raise his kids and like how he's going to be successful and kind of his dad's kind of being a dick to him a lot. Whereas like Alex Inc. just seems like a spoiled little, little punk that yeah. his is are so used to problems. always getting his way. And like for the first time in his life, he's not getting his way and he's like upset about it. Yeah. <laughs> what might call Alex fragile? <laughs> yes. Let's move to Drew's high point. Yeah, this is a super funny pilot. This is a super funny show. Like the humor really hit big jokes and little jokes, big gags and little gags. And like, I think my favorite thing, um, was right before, um, Andre has to kind of hear the truth and hear some, some stuff from his wife after he's bl- like shown his first presentation when he's doing the rite of passage with his son and his wife is not happy with him. And then the last thing he does is like blow the dust in his face. I, I did laugh out loud. That was great. That was really funny. (laughs) And being an African, it was just like, what is happening here? (laughs) The dad comes and checks (laughs) it. 
<gasps> what are you like, doing? You ain't African. We ain't African. Yeah, that was interesting. <laughs> oh. <laughs> what section is that that we talk about in, in later on? I, I think it's like a very deep thing he said, and it oh, has like much threat. more meaning to it. And so this would do well in dangling We're going to dangle this. Yeah, Pops being right there and having his running commentary. There was not a single like scene right. where Lawrence Fishburne didn't make it better and funnier. Oh my gosh. Wait, also we were talking about how pressed all his clothes are. Like he, he looked fresh. Every mm. like his linens are like just literally fresh. <laughs> oh my goodness. He just looked oh, like Oh, I didn't a even snack. notice that. <laughs> you need he to nice hats. like go back and look at just his outfit and with the hat combo. Yeah. It's great. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, "Thanks, son." I'm going to diss you all the time for this. <laughs> oh. Nice. I overlooked that. And I did watch the pilot twice. <sighs> what else? There has to be more high points. No, there there are there are a ton. And even the irony, like, like the you know, the narration's good. The irony's good. You know, there, there's actually more than one complex character. The, I would say the writing. The writing was excellent. I particularly like the cinematography, the scene where Dre moves to the other side of the table because some shows, like some shows, talk about race and some shows talk about class, yeah. but this pilot did a really great job looking at both of them combined, mm. and I think it was in that scene where it demonstrated it the best. So, you know, okay. this was a great show in terms of like looking at a very specific, like slice of American life. Wow, that's a very astute observation. Yeah, was I it agree. when the when the BPs were eating like medieval times? With their chalices, yes, yes, and they had like what did they have? Grape, grape, was it grape soda? They had grape soda and like Cheetos. Oh my god! (laughs) Grape soda was a running gag. Yeah, like across the table from each other, which is so Mm -hmm. true of like just real life. There was that whole us versus them, and then Andre is like in his head, he's saying how. Or like how happy everyone is going to be that one of them gets to move over to the other side. And then he literally picks all his stuff up and moves. <laughs> and like starts like putting his chair in. Like as he's announcing it. Yeah. He's like, I won't yeah. forget about you. He's like literally. I know. <laughs> literally moving. Uh, yeah. Oh, that's a good part. All right. Well, let's, well, let's try out some of those Alyssa low points. I've seen his gating. It's pretty shit. Fuck off. <laughs> always Mo did you find any low points in this episode so it was interesting starting off watching the pilot for a second or a third time mm-hmm. and the first time I watched it and hearing Kanye West's song Jesus Walks it was like oh this is such a perfect song right. for this like I love that it opens up to with this song and well now I heard that song and I was just like offended. Yeah, it was almost ironic in terms of what he was talking about and the song was playing in the background. It's just like knowing what we know in recent times about Kanye West, it was just so ironic. Yeah, and kind of kind of sad. Yeah, I agree. And and offensive. <laughs> even like even the actual lyrics, Jesus walks. Mm-hmm. Are, are we supposed to think of Andre as like a is like a savior character or something as well? Ooh, that could be. That could be. I can definitely see how he, like, when the tour bus pulls up and it's like this family, I can see how they're constantly like trying to, like, not exactly other him, but to, like, distinguish him among, like, like typical expectations of black men. So that's maybe why they did that. I, I see that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, 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 is he, like, is he the TV figure that's supposed to save black people or something? 
or save white people or you know like like you know like is there is there some type of savior aspect of of, of his character like outside of the show i honestly never looked at it that way that's probably a stretch yeah yeah i think i i just think that the song's so identifiable and everyone knows what the song's about yeah it definitely has like a super identifiable hook like when you hear the first like 10 seconds you know what song that is like this is slave ship or something like yeah. that. Yeah, it's just like old footage, essentially. What is? Yeah, it's like I don't I remember know what you mean. It's like a sample mm-hmm. from something, but it's like alluding to slavery. Um, so I think that's what it is. We need a link to it in the show notes. But did you guys see the Tanahasi Coates Atlantic article about Kanye today? No. Let's no. put basically the crux of it is that um, Coates or no, that Kanye wants to transcend his blackness and not be identified by race but be identified by himself but he's kind of trying to divorce himself of the context of race and society Mm -hmm. and he's rich he can do that but the thing is the rest of america can't there's a lot to say about that yeah there's a lot to unpack (laughs) there there's a whole lot to unpack there i just you know hope he can rationalize things better for himself in the near future so we all don't have to hear it yeah just like stop saying things like be quiet He's he's always been that way. He's trying to act like a savior. Like he's trying to act like he's going to save the entire he's black always community. Been like, that follow way. me I... into the light. Follow but me into the But he's always said class. that and it hasn't affected anyone. Right. This but then this, he's acting like it's the an things option. he said recently affect people directly. Affect people whose families can come to this country. Affect people who were victimized during the election season. The other things he says, I'm a god and whatever. That's you. Whatever delusions of grandeur you have, that's cool. But this specific topic about Trump and elections, I think, hits home harder for many more people. All right, that's a dangly low point. Mm. <laughs> that <laughs> dangles show. real good. <laughs> so yeah. It just was a, a bit of a triggering intro for, for both of us. We just rewatched it right now. So mm-hmm. um, how about you all? If you want to, what was your second one, Jimbo, since I stole your first one? Yeah, well, you know, this, so this was a bit bit of a stretch. I, I had to do some serious digging to find some low points. Mm-hmm. Same. But the one, the one that kind of stands out and, and we always talk about it is it's a strong, I mean, like there was a strong female character and she was practically the only female presence in the yeah. show. So very, very male centric cast once again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's actually a good point. In in just this one, uh, like as a standalone pilot, Rainbow, she's pretty much the only one. She's, yeah, pretty yeah. much. Besides like, you know, besides a couple of cute comments from uh, the daughters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's true. That was almost like my phantom low point because I'd heard so many amazing things about the supporting cast and especially the kids. Yeah, the, kid the kids were kind of absent from this, except for the son who was awesome. Yeah. yeah he did a great job. <laughs> He's funny. And he, again, another character that is very developed, well-developed, like as the season goes yeah, on. Yeah. He's so <clears> funny. <throat> and and Jennifer Lewis is another strong character that comes in later as um, Andre's mother. I think so. And she more than makes up for oh, what man. you think is lacking in the first She's episode. Everything. I mean, the pilot. Pops is definitely there. Pops is there. And they don't even really reference the mother at all. No, it seems like they all. maybe rewrote that just to just to kind of make up for maybe having too, too many male characters, possibly. Yeah, I'm wondering if they wrote her in. But yeah, that's a good low point. Jimbo, it was hard to find them in this one. It was. I mm-hmm. I watched yeah, it twice. It was. And, I had, and I was like digging for for uh, some lows 
There's a lot of dudes. It's a bro mitzvah at the end, even. Yeah, a bro. Yeah. Staring, staring you in the face. <laughs> All right, Drew. What's your low point? Uh, it was digging. Um, much like yours. So this is barely a low point. Um, Dre's character was just kind of all over the place because it kind of seemed like Rainbow was very much grounded in reality, and some aspects of the pilot were grounded in reality, but Dre at some times was exaggerated. But even then, was he? You know, like, he's the catalyst. You know, he, like, drives the story forward and it revolves around him. And even, by the way, let's give this pilot points for titular moment. Because how many of our other pilots have ever said oh, yeah. the name of the title? So it's like, blackish. Oh. When yeah. He's, when he's, like, scolding them around the table. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I mean, I don't know if that's exaggerated. Because I don't know, like, what that conversation would sound like. It would probably be super interesting for a family. I mean, he's a comedian, too. So that's part of his repertoire. And it's a... It's a comedy show, but even then, like I am, I am fiercely defending a low point that I don't really even believe that much. So, <laughs> I see that more as like a high point. Okay, I'm fine with that. I will abandon that low point wholeheartedly. <laughs> For it sure. was hard to find him. All right, so let's let's move on. Hey, girl. hey, crab man. And for those of you new to the show, what is a crab man in one sentence, please? Sure. So to our new listeners, the Crabman Award is a small role, a relatively small role that plays a pretty large part. You know, they do something funny or they move the show forward or they teach us a little bit about the characters. Usually not a member of the main cast, but an important role nonetheless. So let's find ourselves a Crabman or Crab Person or Crab X or Crab Bureaucrat or Crab Announcing Team. Non-binary. Non-generic. Yeah. Crab. Yeah. <laughs> The crab, the crab award does not even have to go to a human no. being. It has gone it's, to it's, non-humans. It's, yeah, it's exceeded its expectations per yeah. per its I I prefer human. that it goes yeah. to an intellectualized, you know, being of some sort. But we know we know Jimbo. I have advocated <laughs> we know for how you feel about the crab man. plastic dinosaurs to be the crab man <laughs> at some point, which I still stand behind. You have to stand behind them. All all I just start with mine. I have I have three potentials. But the one I want to nominate, all right, is Diane. That's and that's the little daughter. Strong. And the reason why I I love her so much yep. is because she's explaining this little girl, Lisa Jackson, which will be my second nom nominee, if if Diane gets a. Uh, gets uh, rejected and she keeps she keeps saying she wears the nemo shoes and she smells like turkey burgers and like her parents the whole time are like who is that and then finally they find out that's the only other little black girl in their class and they're just like why didn't you call her the little black girl <laughs> and she's like guess when i hear liza jackson i just think nemo and turkey burgers yep thank right. you you're welcome <laughs> <laughs> wait and then after that Rainbow has her line where it's like, isn't it great that they don't see color? Yeah, dude. Which is a asking to be dangled. Asking yes. to be dangled. Right there. They're like, here's your topic. <laughs> Dangle it. Crab girl, the nice. you know, one one of the crab twins, I think. Diane mm-hmm. is my nominee. Crab daughter. Are they twins? Because they're both in the same grade. They are. Yeah, they are twins. Mm-hmm. Okay. The cutest set of twins ever. Yeah. Good dancer. The little boy's a good dancer. Wait, yeah. Oh yeah, dude. He definitely got They're out there and it, got his yeah. dance on. He like dead drops. <laughs> Andre tries to dead drop. But oh that, yeah, that, that was good, dude. That was great. And then when when Andre, another highlight of Diane is when Andre does do that dance move and then like hurts his back and she's just like eating chocolate. Like, oh yeah. man, <laughs> she looks like you know she's getting a fix. Yeah. 
She's in she's like a, has out. been transported. That's like the definition of chocolate wasted. Yeah. It just like pounds to her for like two seconds, but it's the greatest two seconds. And she loves to see people get hurt. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she mean. She's sadistic. Sound it sounds like it sounds like you guys are jumping on board with, with my I mean, crab girl. Our it's not even nostalgia boner. It, this is just like what do we call a boner that's just recent? <laughs> recent nostalgia boner. That could be oh, you know, because huh. this isn't Good like question. a throwback we'll have, from childhood. We'll have to coin it. Yeah, we need to coin yeah. something because it's heavy. Current erection. <laughs> Current erection. There there yeah. we go. Current no, erection. No, no, I don't. We'll work on that one. We'll work on that, <laughs> that one. Can't, that, that can't be. That, that can't, can't be, be a thing. That can't be it. Uh-huh. Okay. Okay. Fine. Present pism. Um, that was decent. Come on. Yeah, sure. Like snail trail. Yeah. Oh man! You know I love this snail is getting trail. progressively worse. <laughs> nice. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, who do you got over there, Mo? Yeah, Mo. AC. Who, who you got? Who, AC. Who are, who are the crab? I, I was hoping me and AC could just be the deciding factors. Okay. You guys All right. Well, go ahead, Drew. Because we also had your similar crab men. We actually we actually had a uh, similar thoughts. So. Yeah, we did. Okay. Okay. I'll I'll present my case to. So I liked Zach, which is Andre's like long haired friend who gets on Dre's nerves just because Zach is just like such a nice foil for Dre. Like Andre is like, I want to have a bar mitzvah. And he's like, great idea, bro. And they like high five it. <laughs> and then he's like, ah, I'm craving some grape soda. And Dre's like, I don't even have that. And he's like, found one. The grape soda scene yeah. is great. Yeah, and then also he's joining him on the field hockey team. And Jimbo, like you put in the show notes, what's the difference between field hockey and lacrosse? Lacrosse is like I had to look of, it up. Well, <laughs> lacrosse is also culturally masculine, as in there is a female version of lacrosse, but the the two games are very different. Uh, field hockey is pretty traditionally feminine, um, and there are oh, okay. not that many cool. like males. So like Andre is both not happy. He's playing a preppy white sport, but it's like a preppy white girl sport. I just got that. <laughs> All those like girls from Brown. I totally missed that oh, one. That's yeah. actually funny too. Yeah. Oh yeah. There's layers really in the show. Yeah. But yeah, just Zach is sitting there and like, dude, I'm going to tell kids to get the hell out of my house when like Emma has her little friends over. Cause like, dude, we're already feeding her friends and <laughs> Tori doesn't listen to this show. I'm not happy about it. <laughs> so i like that that's identifiable what? oh drew come on we are you're gonna be that guy yeah don't be that the, guy what the guy who lives on a budget i'm a teacher yo but still oh, i always love going to my no, friends no sympathy from me cool. yeah we used to feed everyone dude and, and my parents were way poorer than you guys are living so <laughs> well okay Just buy so, poor people food and leave it out for the kids yeah spam is cheap you you don't gotta feed them all organic, spam. you know, whatever. Spam and rice. All right. Well, you know what? Now I have a plan, and now I have a menu for all the little Zacks who come over to my house. <laughs> so Mo, Mo, and Apple Cat. What yeah. do you think? So our thing with Zach, we actually noticed both Diane and Zach. But mm-hmm. with Zach, do you want to? What do we? So Zach, I thought he was the crab young man because he started i think he like spurred on the bar mitzvah talk and without him there would have been no black mitzvah so (laughs) i was just like he needed to be there and he needed to be junior's friend Mm. to make that whole like scene happen and even for that it made that it kind of set in motion all those funny events like the african ritual thing (laughs) and so i I was with him i like that analysis ac i like that yeah 
He was a poor Diane, man. She really deserved it too. I mean, she it's did, hard. It's but... hard, but because Diane's going to be such a big role mm. later, I almost feel like Zach is is a more truer True. version of of yeah. the Crabbit. Long haired crab boy. We'll announce it, ladies. Yeah. All right. By split decision, our Crabex award yeah, I'm goes gonna, I'm, to yeah. Zach. Zach. Zach the brat beep, beep, beep. who jacks your grape juice. He is a grape juice grape dealer. Soda. <laughs> oh. Black mitzvah is great, though. I wonder if that's a real thing. No, it was bro mitzvah. It was bro mitzvah. Oh, it was bro mitzvah. Be. So I made that up. Yeah. Wow, yeah. interesting. Yeah. You did. You, mm-hmm. you may have. Slip of the we tongue. We make that a thing. Well, we're making it a thing. <laughs> It's about to be an abstract piece of art, I have a feeling. Exactly. With with really nice invitations with lovely calligraphy. Yep. There we go. We got all the tools on this podcast. So I know where to send them. (laughs) Your blog mitzvah address is on its way. En route. All right, hoisters. And now we're going to move into our MVP. And for new listeners, this is the most valuable part of the pilot episode. And we may have a consensus here. Yeah. I'm not quite sure what Mo and AC have going on, but I'll 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 just go ahead and announce it. Rainbow. It's yeah. rainbow, definitely snaps. rainbow. Snaps. snaps. Snaps all around. <laughs> yep. I like that. I like the snaps. There's there's so much to say about Rainbow. So go ahead, jump in. So I like Rainbow's interaction with Andre because like it's both very funny, but it's also super real, more so than I think some of the other sitcoms we've watched in terms of relationships. Their fight about like the financial future and him having a job and like her job being more important with the subtle passive aggressive <laughs> thing. She's like more important. Mm-hmm. Eh. And I'm like, yeah, dude, you're an anesthesiologist. Like you're a doctor. It is more important than being an ad executive. And that shit is super real when you're married and when people make different amounts of money. I like that discussion and it was funny and lighthearted, but also a nice like little window into their marriage and the history of their marriage and how they communicate. So that part was super real to me and super funny. And Rainbow is amazing. She is. She's such a great mom too. Like all all her scenes where she, you know, allows Jack to, you know, unpack why he doesn't know Obama was the first black president mm-hmm. or everyone else is ready to jump on him. She's Pops so is like, patient. You see what I'm talking about? <laughs> No, she she's super supportive. She has everyone's back. Mm-hmm. Right. She she even knows about Andre trying out for field hockey, mm-hmm. whereas mm-hmm. Father Andre finds out while he's giving him a ride to school. You know, she's she, she she's, she's like Peggy. She knows what's going on yeah. with her kids. That was a really good subtle moment where she's like, "Yeah, you made it," and you're like, "Yeah, mom's mom's in the loop." Yeah, always. Mm-hmm. And for a doctor, I'm like, she's really making the time for them. Yeah, she's like always in her scrubs. Yeah, but she's always at home. You know, I'm like, <laughs> somehow you're making it work for your kids. And cook them baked fried chicken. Horrific. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, yeah, I just love that she has that voice of reason and stability and still lets Dre have his moments of feeling antagonized at work and all these things but at the end of the day. She just is like, do you want to get paid? Do you want all those f- nice fancy shoes that you have? Like your entire collection of sneakers. He had sneakers. a lot of shoes. Yeah. So she plays a good part in that and balancing all that. I love her facial expressions. Like her facial expressions were on. Yes. Like, she like she does so much acting through physical <laughs> yep. comedy and just reactions. Yeah. Yeah. She a natural. She just has a beautiful face in general. 
eyes are really large. <laughs> yeah, yeah I was about to say, there's so much acting around her eyes. There's like she shows surprise and yeah. happiness mm -hmm. and disappointment really well. See, that's why you gotta yeah. have big eyes. This is again my opposite of Nobo. But when she first came out on Girlfriends and she had big eyes and everyone like liked her big eyes and I have yeah. big eyes, I just that was like a moment where I was like, oh look, someone like has my eyes. You're like, you hated me now. You're going to yeah, love me. <laughs> I can say everything with just my eyes. <laughs> the original thinking of that, I was just like, mm, I want to know more about this, this mixed race rainbow character. Yeah. And then, and then one last thing I, um, AC kind of talked about this as well. And we'll just briefly re touch on it, but like rainbow is super reasonable. So Andre's having this mini midlife crisis and from us as a viewer, it seems like everything just kind of like came together. But these things had to have been like chipping away at him over time. And she's just like, no, dude, like, like you don't get give up on life or, you know, like, like we have a family and, and, and she says, quote, you need to get over them now. It's you know, like, <laughs> yeah, like big deal. Like grow up, dude. Like this is the real life. And we have kids. <laughs> like literally. She's very matter of fact. She's just powerful. She is a voice of reason. <laughs> That's okay. why she exists, so Dre doesn't, like, combust. <laughs> Just, like, go postal on all his white-ass co-workers. And then and maybe one last, one last thing. So the pilot episode of Blackish had a white director. There were three writers, an African-American male, an African-American female, and a Indian woman. So I don't think it should be a surprise that we have 66% of our writers are women. I guess that is a trend we, we, we've been noticing when, when it's a female writer, the female characters are, are more, more well-written. Mm -hmm. All right, Mo, you want to announce this one or AC, you want to announce this one? All right. This has been a unanimous decision and we would like to give the title of MVP of the blackish pilot bow, 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 bow. to her Royal Highness, Miss Dr. Rainbow Johnson. <laughs> AC, you can use her personal connection to let her know, and she can publicize our podcast. Yeah, I will tell her. We should tweet her. Yeah, yeah, Slide yeah. in the DMs. Yes. Definitely. I do, in my graduation yeah. room. We'll put on the Patar. It'll the be like, TBT, you remember me? Yes. <laughs> so I'm going to say like, it. We'll like it our up. podcast loves you. Okay. Moving on. Hoisters, now the moment before the moment we've all been waiting for. Watch or rewatch. And so I think we already know Mo and AC are... Russian home each yeah. week. Mm -hmm. We're caught up. I could see myself in Miss Nomalous. She she also enjoyed the pilot episode, so I I could definitely see myself continuing with the show. I mean, it's definitely enjoyable, and and I do like the themes and issues, and I and I love the characters. Nice. I am three episodes in, and I have heard that Lafayette David Diggs is in the second season, and he yep. plays a major mm -hmm. role, and so I am gonna. I'm probably gonna watch beyond that, but yeah, yeah, I'm I'm three episodes in. This is a cool show. Yeah, it's also educational. It has yeah, like some it, educational it, it always has like very important themes too. Yeah, good message. Um, David Diggs also went to my alma mater. Really? <gasps> yeah. Really? Yes, he got an honorary doctorate recently. Honorary? For his, yeah, for his contribution to Hamilton? the music scene and to the arts. Mm -hmm. He deserves it. He's in a really cool rap group called The Clipping, and they are awesome. Oh, I've never heard of it. Got to look it up. Mm -hmm. Deep is a cool song that I like. That yep. that, that that they do. The that clipping? they do. Yes. Yep. Hoisters, and now the moment you've all been waiting for to hoist 
or not to hoist. Go ahead, Mo. Let's not waste anyone's time. Definitely not hoisting. For sure. Do not hoist for me. <laughs> Super big not hoist. No, no bombs or petards in sight. Awesome pilot. Extremely strong pilot. All right, so let's let, let's go ahead and move into Mo's favorite part. And now no. we have our quest for the best and worst pilot ever, and we know that this one is not even contending for the worst. So we got to figure no, out no. where it goes among the best. So here I'll read off our top five pilots, and right now at number one is End of the Effing World, followed by This Is Us, followed by Breaking Bad, followed by One Punch Man, followed by The Shield. And I said the top five, but the number six one is My Name is Earl, and that's the highest ranking um, sitcom that we have. I so, think it's better than The Shield, and I didn't see One Punch Man, so I can't say. Mo, Jimbo and I have both seen One Punch Man, so tell us about um, Blackish versus Breaking Bad. Which one do you think's better? Because that might help us determine some One Punch Man-ness. I, I think Breaking Bad is better. Have you seen Breaking Bad? I have. I've seen the pilot. And it's so hard to compare apples and oranges. Yeah. They're too different. Like, overall, maybe Breaking Bad is better. AC, compare pilots to pilots. It is tough. It is tough. I get her analogy, Drew. So do I. Um, I think think this is better than The Shield. Um, I think... I think so, too. I think think it's better than Earl. It's better than The Shield. uh Uh-huh. Um, I will say this, and this has been something I've brought back to One Punch Man again and again, is I still haven't watched the second episode of One Punch Man. It's been on my Netflix a few times. I've been shopping for shows, and it's just staring me right in the face. I watched two episodes of Blackish right after I watched it. So, Yeah. It's like a quick fix because it's not long. Yeah. Like when you commit to Breaking Bad, you have to commit to hour-long episodes. For real. And pay attention. Mm-hmm. You know All what? The plot twist. Ooh, this is tricky now because I feel like sitcoms need to be more represented in our top I five. I think so. I mean, me personally, I I thought that One Punch Man should have been above Breaking Bad, but that's you know we've moved on from there. I would say I <laughs> I personally like One Punch Man better than Blackish, but I think Blackish is better than Breaking Bad. Let me ask you this. What do you mm. think accomplishes more in 22 minutes, One Punch Man or Blackish? Because I feel like One Punch Man is that series of disjointed sketches that all accomplish the same task, whereas Breaking Bad tells a story arc over the course of the 22 minutes that introduces a lot of characters. And I feel like after watching the next couple episodes, it does a good job presenting their essence. What do you think about that, Jimbo? I still feel the same. Hmm. I mean, I mean, I, I, I love One uh one Punch Man as just a standalone short story pilot. I, I think it's great. All right. So then here's what we'll do. Um, I'm going to put um, Blackish right behind One Punch Man. And Mo has promised to watch some of these pilots that she hasn't watched yet. If Mo, I have more yep, time. If now. Mo watches One Punch Man and wants to revisit that, because I'm putting One Punch Man ahead of Blackish, I, I would say I'm very willing to revisit that at a later date. What do you think, Mo? Yeah, I can do that. Sweet. So we're going to slot uh, Blackish right there into our top five, number five slot, ahead of the shield, behind one punch man. All right. Sounds good. So now moving on to our Stormy Daniels dangling threads. Nice. Dangle them threads, Stormy. <laughs> um, we're going to get a lawsuit. <laughs> She's going to sue us. For, for our fat podcasting stacks. So for all the money we're making yeah. on this project. <laughs> we're profiting off her I'll have my lawyer take care in. of it yeah <laughs> alright 
Okay. So, who, I don't know. You guys dangle. So, I just wanted us to start off with um, blackish and representation, both in front of and behind the camera, and, you know, what our thoughts are on that. Hoisters, if you go to our website, I'm going to share a table from a very interesting article that is from a USC study where they, I mean, they really dove into television from the writers to the directors and the actors. And so go, if, if you would like to see the table 18, there'll be that image on our, on our website. And if you want to read more of the article, you can also find that a link to that on our website. And if you want, so I'll summarize my takeaway. It, the actors are a lot better rep- represented than the creators and the directors and the writers. And men are a lot better represented than women. And white people much, much more so than people of color. Especially behind the scenes. Yes. Um, this is in general, not just particular to blackish, right? Yes, and the study that we looked at was the Annenberg study, where from 2014 to 2015, they analyzed more than 410 pieces of media, um, both movies that were released that year and TV shows. And one of the biggest findings that it came away with was there was actually like an inverse triangle of power, where there were a few women who were executive producers and programming vice presidents but the further that you got up the triangle, like towards the people who actually ran the studios, uh, the much more white and male it became. So well, that's not surprising at all. No. Yeah. Well, it's just nice to have like a ton of statistical evidence to look at it. Um, but what do you guys think about representation in terms of like in front of and behind the cameras? I have a few friends. I, I used to live in LA and of course that's like a big scene. And I mean, even living now in New York, I think both of those cities lend themselves to people trying to, you know, be in theater, be an actor, mm-hmm. be a comedian. I mean, whatever, being an entertainer in general, um, or writer, whatever. Uh, so I can speak on what I know their experiences are, particularly as people of color in that industry. And it's like, it's fucking hard. It's really hard trying to write jokes for that represent who you are, but then the people that will buy it just don't represent you at all. It's just, I've heard of just a lot of moments of being the only woman in the room, being the only woman of color in the room and person of color. And it's just, it's hard because then you end up being some sort of weird token, um, which we went to that show. Yeah. So, I mean, I I would have no idea what it's like within media. (laughs) I would imagine it'd be so frustrating. And obviously with all the new movements with like Me Too and and more inclusive, uh, you know, all white Oscars and the backlash from that or the blacklash from that. (laughs) Uh, I think, I think it's becoming a more polarized and talked about issue, but I don't, I don't know. I'm pretty skeptical and I feel like people, the industry isn't going to really change too much. Yeah. You know, I, I actually disagree with, with, I think it is changing. I think if we were to, I think if someone went back and looked at, 2010 or 2000 or 1990, I think there would be drastically different. I mean, it's, it's slow, it's slow changes, but I think the actors is like a good starting point because those actors are going to eventually become producers and writers and directors. So I think once, I think the actors kind of come first, but it really comes down to, to the viewers as well. And I think the fact that we talk about it and we're, 
interested in that. I think there's a growing number of people that, that do look and listen and care about those issues. And yeah, progress is always slow, but I think it is progressing. I think, I think the polarized voices are more the ones that get all the attention, but not the majority of people. Yeah. I guess when I say I'm skeptical, it's like, I, I, I want to see like black owned media companies not and that aren't just BET. Like I want to yeah. see more black directors that are, I, you know, I like, I'm talking about like the top part of that pyramid. Mm-hmm. That's true. I could, I just, the shift, I want like a, I want to, I would love to see a dramatic shift. And I feel like, cause that's where it really matters. Well, my favorite part of that study that we looked at, and like, I know we were texting a bunch of different tables and uh, photos last week when we were looking at it is the cool thing about this study was they actually gave like a report card of the major studios and their inclusion of more representational, you know, like what are the proportions and ratios of the American public versus what are the proportions and ratios of like both the on-screen and off-screen. And incidentally, ABC and Disney did the best. They got like an A minus in terms of their on-screen talent. And it just so happens that like Blackish and Fresh Off the Boat and like Shondaland was in full force like right around 2014. And that some shows have actually like or that some networks have gotten better because another article we looked at revisited those studies and those findings and Fox had actually caught up with mm. ABC. Okay. Um, but, you know, that still made ABC an A- and Fox a B+. CBS did poorly. <laughs> but, it, like, but it was Big cool Bang to see Theory all of them. And like yeah. How I Met Your Mother is so like corny. all white cast all the time. Yeah, and then and uh and and our researcher Fitz also did a little bit of research and and he he also identified that most viewers are male. Now we could argue about what came first, the chicken or uh, the egg, but so I mean there's there's at least an argument or something to be said about the fact that that a, that there's a higher percentage of men that watch television, and so that could account for at least a portion of the of the male dominance in the in in the industry. Black actors are also represented a lot better than than Asian and Hispanic proportionally to the population as well. Mm-hmm. It's actually yeah. if you look at if you look at black shows and black actors, it's 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 fairly close to the actual percentage of black viewers. But that's a whole nother thing too, though the historical, um, you know, yeah, the the historical relationship of black entertainment or like black communities or black people as being entertainers like minstrelsy um, like minstrelsy to black exploitation mm-hmm. to to rock and roll and Elvis Presley and people stealing like rhythm well, yeah, and, and appropriation and is always an issue yeah. um but i think that's why there's quote unquote better representation in that community because of all of those pretty racist roots and blacks being included in in media as like pure entertainment and all of the creation. And also it just was a way for white men in power to convey the image that they wanted people to view black people as. I'll say this to um, Fitz who did our research. One thing that was interesting was the USA Today article that um, I think Jimbo sent me about ABC's like push to diversity in terms of like dollars, like it being an economics um, push. One thing that was cool on there was like through their Nielsen ratings, they found that um, the most loyal audience was like the black audience, which came back to shows more consistently and more loyally than any of the other ones. So my question is, 
you know, yes, like a certain segment of the viewership might be overwhelmingly white and male, but what is the return on the amount of shows that you're putting out there with white male leads or with majority white casts? You know, like if ABC wants to double down on programming that has like diverse casts or, you know, primarily black casts, and we know that demographically, like those viewers are more loyal, I say like, let them try, you know, and then see what comes next. Because it seems like the white dominated casts have been around for like, yeah, television, like as long as television has been around. But if they're still only pulling like this certain percentage, like why not push into different areas? Because you might get a higher proportion of those populations who come back every week. Yeah. That was also a point that I think Fitz was trying to make as well is that is that he's saying that the the creators and the statistics people behind the scenes aren't necessarily racist. They're just following what the what the data says and to make the money. And and I do think and that's why I think it goes back to uh, to the viewers. If if people care about that, like dollars speak more than than race. Like if people want proper uh, representation and if that's what's selling it's going to change like at the snap of a finger it's it's just like a vicious cycle because it is the the people the roles that are written for people of color are like not desirable for people of color like they kind of had to put put they have to put their foot down and say no i'm not going to play this role that i always play like i want to be taken seriously the shows aren't going to be written for them. So they're never really going to get made in the way that people of color want to be included in. So then it's the inclusivity is not. Would would you say that blackish fits though? Like is, is that, is that a show that, that, that you think is what, is what people of color would want to be in? Or is that just too much of a. I, I think people, yeah, I think it's a well-written show and it's been really successful and taken seriously and it has serious acting in it. Like no spoiler, but the last episode like had us crying tears it's really good like the writing's really good and the acting is really good and so i'm just talking about more in a historical sense or like this is like a very this is an anomaly of an all-black cast but but you're right like things are coming shonda rhimes is like flipping it flipping the script and she's i love all her shows she's i don't know what she's doing but she's prime time nobody has ever done that before. yeah she's prime time as fuck so yeah i guess that does give me a ray of hope shonda gives me hope same and Ava. <laughs> did you did you have another dangling thread you wanted to toss out there? AC, you said something about Rainbow talking about, yeah, the kids and the young kids saying color. Because that reminded me, Dean did not talk about this show. Dean just talked about this show being a comedy that he enjoyed alongside Modern Family. He didn't really mention. And Dean's a white kid. Mm. Uh, and actually, Dean is my litmus test of when black culture has like fully saturated like whiteness because he was walking down the halls the other day mm-hmm. like early in the school year and he was like talking about like uh oh what's the cardi b line where it's like these are red bottoms these, these are, are blood, blood shoes. shoes and like as soon as i heard dean say that i was like, like okay oh, like cardi's mainstream yes she's white now everyone knows she's live <laughs> uh yeah we were talking about that that comment that rainbow said about the kids not seeing color what do you think about that generationally? I don't. I, I first of all like was thinking that it is quite sad that there's some kids who grew up and they knew nothing but an Obama presidency, and then all of a sudden it was like Trump. So yeah. that's just like, can you imagine what like their construct of like race. power and race and like relation, like you know, power relationships must be like? They 
and that is like freaky it's a, like freaky concept well, i had kids in my school that were like crying the day after because like i have a huge immigrant community like not only in like my city but in my school and kids were just like convinced they're going to be deported to mexico like That's the day so after the election and they just didn't have a concept of like what is the reality but i mean it's still very scary but we're just like it's not gonna happen today but yeah their life did change overnight but uh yeah my wife's friend or like my wife's old boss uh had two kids who were in fourth grade and they woke up the day after the election and they were like who won and then you know the dad was like it was trump and they were like the guy who was mean and he was like yeah Aww. he won That's so it's an interesting time to be a parent or like someone who deals with young people that letter, wait, who was it? Wasn't it Tanahasi that wrote that letter to his? He did. He wrote a really cool article called um, Donald Trump, the first white president, which oh, was very I think interesting I saw to read. That. I, know, I didn't Maybe read it, but I definitely saw it being shared. Yeah. Yeah, that's fucked up. It's a rude awakening. And it, that's crazy that kids so young could grapple with those types of serious life changes and repercussions and the stress that might thus cause at such a young age. But then on the other end, I mean, the way Blackish presents it, where they didn't even know Obama was the first, the one and only ever black they president. They thought it started like, they, they thought it, like that's always like that. The tradition, all black It's always been like that. Like, there's nah, a few in kid, there, peppered in nah. there. <laughs> that's something I saw on, on a YouTube video. There's, there's like a reaction show to uh, Blackish, and it's, it's for, it's four hosts that are African American, or actually uh, one, one of the hosts is, is African, but the other ones are African American women. And they and they were talking about how like Blackish was actually re- representing like how they grew up where they didn't grow up like in a hood and they didn't grow up in the ghetto like they grew up kind of in like a middle class family and they were black but they you know like they were they were the token family. I thought that was interesting that that Andre he's it seems like in the pilot like he finds out that he didn't raise his kids to be black and I, and I think like that's like the thing that's really bothering him. Is that is and like the fact that they don't know that Obama was the first black president, like that's a huge event in in like in like in like black history. I think we can both relate because our parents gave us better lives than they had. Yeah, and we so we to, can it's just an improvement it. over one. But do your parents ever like throw in your face like the way they grew up? Oh, of course. Right? Like my mom would be like, like "I walked ten thousand miles." I'm like, "No, you didn't. You know, but you just have to because you're a parent." <laughs> I think it's also just a parent thing, but I mean, I'm sure being the only black family and I don't, I, I never figure out where, what neighborhood they live in. Are they in Beverly Hills? Pretty sweet neighborhood. And yeah. Which the house. white neighbor is amazing. She comes up later. Oh my gosh. She's insane. <laughs> That's what she is. <laughs> All right. Have we dangled sufficiently? That That's was like good, a 20 yeah. minute dangle. I think Drew and I mansplained enough. Not too much. Not as much as I expected, I would say. (laughs) I think I just feel better with another ally. Yeah. Or she listened to a previous episode. No, because I have an ally here. Maybe I feel less like uh, ready to go. Okay, so now we're going to move into our petardar and new listeners. This is where we give you recommendations on things that we think you should check out based on whatever we felt like while we were watching the pilot or thinking about it afterwards. So let's, uh, let's keep it quick. Drew, what do you got? Um, this show got shouted out in that, um, Annenberg, um, USC study, but fresh off the boat, which I watched the first two seasons of, and it is 
really, really funny. And it also gets a big Nobo bump because this show is set in 1993. And the little boy just does so many like 1993 little boy things. And he's obsessed with Shaq and he lives in Orlando. (laughs) And they talk about playing Super Nintendo. I love it. It's a a very fun show. It was a Fresh off the boat. And Ali Wong writes for it, right? And I love her. Yeah, Ali Wong is the shit. I know it's going to be funny. She's funny. She's hilarious. Her new Netflix special drops on May 14th. Oh, that could be on her yeah. radar. I'm looking forward to it so I bad. didn't know if this is like a follow-up to Baby Cobra. Mm-hmm. It's yes, my a, wife has watched Baby Cobra like, several times. Why something, something to do with wife. I forget. Yeah. Let's put that on the Petardar. Watch Ali Wong's Baby yeah. Cobra on yeah. Netflix. It and is amazing. I'll go ahead and add mine so so we can give Mo and AC some more time to think. Cause I, I heard them discussing a little huddle over there. But uh, my my recommendation <laughs> yeah, we, we is answer. Americana, and it is a novel by Shimamanda Ngozi Adichie, and it's a excellent book. It's it's pretty funny. Like she's a really great writer. the The protagonist is a Nigerian woman that moves to the states and learns like for the first time that like she's black because in Nigeria like there's no such thing as being black because everyone's black, and so just, she like deals with race and she's a <laughs> blogger and she's a writer and it's a really awesome book. Mm-hmm. You actually gave me that book to read, Jimbo, and I haven't read it yet. And Mo, and Mo has my copy, so when she's done, you know, she she'll uh, pass it on to you. It's a really good book. It hits home real hard for me for many reasons, but she's just an amazing writer and has like a very special way of telling stories. So I agree that that's a good petardar. Yeah. What's what do we say? Girlfriends? Okay. Yeah, so Tracy one. Ellis Ross, very obscure. If you're not a, a person of color, you might never have heard of it. But I don't even know. Was it on Warner Brothers? You I know, it was like UPS. It was on one of those or networks. UPN, UPN. Like, UPN, not the mail truck. Not the, not the mail truck. <laughs> <laughs> but is this show about like what they weren't like, like they were in their 20s. Friend, they yeah. were four female friends, black women, each had different, like, you know, in different life circumstances. But this is just like their journey as friends and like falling in love and growing up and becoming the women they want to be. And it's so good. It's really funny. All their personalities are fucking amazing. It's just, it, it's so yeah. well done that I'm sad. It was, it came at that time. I'm like, I need that right now. Yeah. You know, you should re, we should rewatch it. Yeah. There we needs to be like, pilot. um, Reunion. I, I think it started from AC could write a review and we would watch it. Maybe, but I think this, it started from, living single and then mm-hmm. girlfriends came and that kind of like genre of like like black female like living is so i'm like so nostalgic for it there was like a sh- an old sitcom that was in the 90s it's not hanging with mr cooper is it anthony Anders- was he on i don't think he was on that i mean hanging with mr cooper yeah right but was he on that show anthony anderson's on hanging with mr cooper i'm looking it up he, real quick i don't think he was on it I remember Anthony Anderson really big in the first barbershop. He also plays an awesome character in The Shield. I, I can't remember what, what season, but he's a... Oh, yeah. That's season four. Season that's four? intense yeah. as fuck. Dude, that guy's yes, been all Mo, over the place. Oh, Me, myself, and Irene. Is, scary movie awesome. three or four. Dude, he's awesome. He's an, and, and, he, and he's a very multi, I guess, multi-something actor. Like He can play Faceted. Yeah, a multi-faceted actor. He's like a triple yeah, dude, threat. that guy can play. Mm-hmm. Or yeah, he just he can ship. He can dance. I just remember when he was like chubbier. I think it was Eddie and the Malcolm and Eddie in the house. <gasps> oh shit, Malcolm and Eddie! 
but he's always been a supporting actor that I could never remember. Yeah, yeah but he's in and a lot of stuff. And now he's, like, a leading... The Bernie like, Mac yeah. show, and then he got his own, like, lead, lead in a series. But anyway, so I'll just say... Um, just say him. Anything, anything... Anything, Anything with, with Anthony, Anthony Anderson. Anderson, I can get behind that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The read, and everybody listen to the read, especially if you liked our dangling thread on Kanye. The read is so good because <laughs> they really give it to they him. They go in. Yeah, we don't have time for that today, listeners. But the read is huge fans of both Davy Diggs and Blackish, and that's where I heard the yeah. most positive things about Blackish, and I was like, shit, I gotta watch this. <laughs> that's true. Oh, and actually, this is a good one. Well. I know Jennifer Lewis doesn't appear in the, in the pilot, but she has a really amazing interview that you told me about. Um, what, was, what podcast was it on? It's on Another Round. That's it's, what it is. It's no longer on air right now, but it's an old episode of it. And her episode is about mental health and like also being like the stereotypical black mom in Hollywood. Um, and it, it's she says some really cool and like important stuff and. It's worth giving a listen. And it, it like, you know, it, no matter where you are in your mental health journey, it's like very motivating to be like, you know, you can go from point A to like wellness by yourself. You know, like, I mean, with the help of other people. But it's just really inspiring. Jennifer Lewis. I think her book is called The the Mom, Black Mom of Hollywood or just mm-hmm. The Mom of Ooh. Hollywood. I don't know. Well, Black Hollywood's mom, I think. Something. <laughs> uh, what was the podcast? Podcast. Another round. Another round. Next week, we will have Netflix, The Punisher, and we are going to be joined by Jacob from Punisher Body Count, the the number one Punisher podcast on the internet and out in your podcast app. And so that'll be a lot of fun. I look forward to that. Plugs, we have our pilots and petards official closing music as an instrumental is an is an instrumental track by Entheos. And our intro music was mixed by Jake Drew. And you can follow us on Twitter, Instagram. You can follow our blog on our website, pilotsandpetards.com. Or you can join our Facebook group. All right, listeners, if you can't tell by the music, the show is officially over. But if you love us as much as we love us, we're going to stick around for a couple more seconds. AC, do you have have anything you'd like to plug? Yeah, you see, we got like tens of listeners. I have, I have nothing to plug right now, but let's make a deal that I come back on the show when I have things. Sounds good. Is yeah. that cool? And, <laughs> Mo, yeah, and Mo owns 45 seconds of an ad, so if you do have something, Mo can plug it for you as well. Exactly. I do. Ooh. We each get an ad, Mo. It was in our we group each, text. We each get a 45-second promotion. Yeah. Okay. I like good But Why, though, podcasts. They're cool. All right. We'll get, we'll get your ad together. I will. <laughs> Shop talk. The, the, I think four people went went well. That was cool. Mo, you need a friend more often. Yeah, that was cool. Thank you, AC. This is very cool. Yeah, no, I was really happy. This is interesting. I like you. I think guys' format is definitely interesting. And it was nice just chatting. But I feel like we, we hardly ever follow the structure anyway. Yeah, it's more just for, it's just for show. Right, it's just like a suggestion. It's, yeah. it's a plan, not a promise. It's a mere suggestion. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This this dog is literally like if you feel like it. <laughs> yeah, I think I think the origins, and we've definitely talked about this before, but but a lot of times, like the discussions that Drew and I got into at the beginning, 
where we didn't have time to think about it or plan it just were really weak so and we found ourselves just like arguing about stuff that we didn't really have a reference point on or like we maybe didn't quite remember very well and so that's why I was pushing especially me like actually I was the one that I felt like I was being very um inarticulate and so I wanted to be able to think about stuff before the lost pilot no, that's fair. well I was gonna say the lost pilot of the pilots of batards which is the one we recorded about the west wing will never see the light of day because that was I really want to hear it you can hear we, it Mo. We, yeah we can get it to you why why was it bad it was, just, it was bad like <laughs> play. you know what AC uh, can it, listen to it too I'll send it to AC yeah AC can listen to it I'll be interested <laughs> yeah. too apparently they just like read from a paper it's like, like the hour. one we don't talk about yeah <laughs> our pilot episode is in the in the uh, archives exactly it's been archived never to be seen again heard all right, I think I think Essie's tired. Yeah, she has to get home oh, too. Oh yeah, dude, for sure. Cool, cool. Okay, wait. Every day we're hoistling Drew out. Every day we hoistling Jimbo out. Every day we hoistling Mo out. Every day we hoistling Essie out. Boom, 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 boom.